This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. Welcome to yet another episode, another show of Dollars and Sensibility. And this has been, I guess I could say, my most requested show. Um, people saying, you need to do one on the process. And Danielle's the one that's actually got some feedback. She's the other loan officer in the office with me. So Danielle, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited. We've had you before. You're back. You did such a fantastic job last time. We thought, well, let's have her back because she just, she just knows what she's talking about. And she was the one, if I'm not mistaken, that was like, you know, I've heard some people ask and, and I feel like we explained the process. Yep. I've had a, quite a few people ask me lately, like, what do I do first? And how does it work? And how long does it take? Yep. So Okay. Those are the three questions. Okay. So let's make sure we stay on track with those particular questions being answered. So I did a, a, a previous show with Ashley that we said, what's the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval? And is that where we start? Yeah. So do an online application. Mm -hmm. How detailed do you want to get into this process? Because I know when we were talking about before the show even started, we're like, do we really go down all of these angles? And maybe we don't, but you know, we went through the differences between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. And obviously a pre-approval is a true answer. A pre-qual is a pretty darn good guess. What are your, what's your insights on the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval? I think that a pre-qualification is based on what you filled out on your application. This is what we think. Mm -hmm. And then a pre-approval is based on a review of your pay stubs, your bank statements, your taxes. This is what you qualify for. So it's definitely better. Yep. Well, and then we actually want to say that the pre-approval is, I want to, I'm going to say that we here at Guild Mortgage submit to underwriting. Yes. And I, and I guess that the term really is credit approval at that point. Mm -hmm. So I guess there, I guess the reality there's pre-qualification, there's pre-approval and there's credit approval. That's probably what we should, we should yeah. decipher between, right? Yes, definitely. And then what's your advice on why a credit approval or a pre-approval? What's your advice there? If, if your friend's asking, what should I do first? And why would, why would you say let's do a credit approval? Well, credit approval is stronger. So it's reviewed by an underwriter who, you know, goes through every little detail, make sure that we meet all qualifications for the loan program. And it's just a much more in-depth review of it and is a more solid answer. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's answer these questions and, and maybe let's go even in order or chronological as best we can. So people can kind of understand the process. So again, pre-qualification and pre-approval means they fill an application. They've got to give us some income documentation, which mm -hmm. for someone who has employment from someone else, W-2 pay stub. If it's somebody that's self-employed, I need usually two years tax returns. Yep. We have some automation that lets us get their bank statements electronically, mm -hmm. but, we need, but we need assets, right? Yep. So gathering of the documentation with an application and then we pull credit. And that's where we get this pre-qualification pre-approval step state. Yep. <clears throat> and then go ahead. I was just going to say a lot of the time what people put on their application and what is actually the real story can be different. So that's why it's really important. And that's not that anyone's a liar. No, definitely not. Just maybe they calculated their income differently than we have to, mm -hmm. or, you know, they forgot about 
something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's really important to go through all of the documentation. Yep. Yep. Line by line, page by page. Yes. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about this credit approval, which basically what's classifying that is we submit it to the underwriter, but let's define what an underwriter is. So we submit to the underwriter. Who is the underwriter? The underwriter is the person at Guild who says yes or no to a loan. It's the ultimate and all be all, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I always like to say it's like this: that we are the attorneys, the underwriter's the judge, yeah, and the guidelines are the laws. I hadn't ever thought of it that way. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I yeah, exactly. You. you know, we have to make sure we know the laws just as well, so we present our case. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. In fact, I would say of my 29 years and thousands of loans, I, it's always case by case. No one fits perfectly in any box. No, they don't. And depending on how you argue your case, you mm -hmm. can win or you can lose. Let's go there for a second. <laughs> Let's go there for a second. So how we might present it to an underwriter. Mm -hmm. Well, we have an explanation letter. We have, hey, we submitted it this way and here's why we did it. Yeah. So as far as choosing a lender, choosing a loan officer, if you have any sort of a case that has any side of income besides a flat salary, you've been there for 10 years, <laughs> or, you know, I have the money in the bank's been there for 10 years, which most people don't I say that almost never happens. <laughs> right. You need to have the conversation and people say, well, what, what, what's involved in it? And it's like, well, it's even hard for me to say, cause it's until you're sitting in front of me like, Oh, here's this particular scenario to consider. Mm -hmm. So we submit to underwriting and we do it electronically. Yep. So you go through the paperwork, you process it, you, you look through it, you write your letters of explanation, you create your case, you submit it electronically. Our underwriters are in Salt Lake mm -hmm. and they take generally 24 to 48 hours to come back. Yep. They look, they look through it and they sit there with, and I actually have Jackie Bags coming in, our operations manager to explain this whole process on the backside. Oh, cool. Okay. So the underwriters have their guidelines in front of them because the thing that we have to do is we have to choose the loan program what the interest rates might be before they close those kind of things. And so it's up to us to say which program is the best, which is a lot of work, you know, and say, yeah. cause there's, I mean, we look at the list, we have what 50 to hundred loan programs to choose from. Yeah. There's a ton. <laughs> and which one's going to be the best. And you got to talk with the client and then decide, you know, what will be the best to, uh, to approve them through, whether it be mm -hmm. FHA, USDA, conventional, all those other uh, Utah housing. There's just so many VA. VA. Yeah. All of those. Yep. But an underwriter will have in a system the loan program we chose so they can go to those guidelines and they go very particularly through the debt ratio, the assets, the seasoning, how it's calculated, and they go through and come back with an answer in 48 hours. What I miss? That was, I mean, that's like, again, we have a whole show on that section, but. Yeah. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. So they come back with an approval. Mm -hmm. And by the way, do we ever get an approval without conditions? Sometimes. Not very often, though. Let me ask the question differently. Do we ever get a credit approval without conditions? No. Yeah. Why? There's almost always questions about something. And the properties are there. Yeah. So it needs an appraisal and... Title work. Title work. All of that. Mm -hmm. And usually when we do a credit approval, it's we don't have a property yet. So we might say, we'll follow up with a pay stub when they get their bonus. Or we might... Mm -hmm. There's something. So credit approval usually has some conditions. But yes, what... what what you're saying, Danielle, and it was a leading question was, I don't, we're pretty dang good. We know what we're talking about. And, <laughs> yeah. And we can submit a file and get a pretty clean approval. But the credit approvals always have something missing because the property hasn't been chosen yet. Yes. 
So you come back and say, hey, we call, hey, borrower, guess what? The underwriter said you're approved. We tell them how much they're approved for. One of the things that's out there that really I just scratched my, my I'm scratching my forehead right now. <laughs> scratching my forehead over is that a real, some of the realtors, not just the ones that we work with, will say, hey, can you get me a pre-qual letter and don't put an amount in? And I'm like, so how are they pre-qualified? Because when we have, when we do it, we have to say they're pre-approved up to this amount of money. Right. Nevertheless, that's another conversation we had with somebody, but they just, yeah, they've been to a loan officer. We'll see what happens. We don't do that. We have to have a, a mortgage amount and we have an up to interest rate approved because that can change your debt ratio, right? Mm -hmm. So we have that. And then that's where they go start shopping for a house. Am I, am I, as of my timing, are we doing okay? Yeah, no, that's great. So let's talk about the shopping for a house thing. What's, what would you suggest? You call them, say you're approved, suggesting next step. What would you say? Next step, you're going to what? find a realtor. Find a realtor. Okay. How do you do that? Or maybe you have one already, but um, I think finding a realtor, the best way is asking people, you know, mm -hmm. um, and asking your loan officer because mm -hmm. your loan officer has worked with probably hundreds and knows which ones are the best at their job. Mm -hmm. Now, what if I don't want to work with a realtor? Uh, you don't have to, but I always recommend it. Why? Um, especially if you're a first time home buyer. Well, if you're a home buyer in general, if you're the buyer, you don't have to pay the realtor. The mm -hmm. sellers pay the realtor. Mm -hmm. So it nothing comes out of your pocket. And especially if you're a first time home buyer, you need somebody who has the experience who can help you negotiate, help you do the contract, help you, you know, do all of those things where if you've never filled out a contract before, you're probably not gonna do it, right? Yep. So having a realtor is super important. And I'm going to add something to that that I've gotten in trouble before about. And, and I'm going to say it again because I still believe it. I personally wouldn't choose a brand new realtor. And I've had brand new realtors say, how dare you say that? You're, you're hurting my business. Right. Why would I say that? Well, well they still have the experience. Experience is the best teacher. And, and again, there's some that maybe have been uh, working in the industry, maybe been an assistant. Okay. You know, and, and they've got mm -hmm. some really good broker to back them up. Great. I'm just saying, hey, my uncle does it. My brother's doing it part time. Sometimes it's not the best choice. I mean, again, I'll get in trouble from somebody saying this, but <laughs> especially if someone does it part time on the side. They just don't. Well, same with your loan officer. You don't want somebody who started yesterday. Yeah. You want somebody with experience mm -hmm. who can guide you through all the things that might come up and yeah. help you make the best choice because it's a huge financial investment. So you want to do it right. I think that's it. And so if you're going to spend half a million, a million, whatever million you're going to spend, who do you want to have help you make those decisions? Someone who's been around the block, knows the ins and outs and takes what you want very seriously and can give the best advice. Yeah. Whoever that might be. Okay. Enough of that. You find the realtor, you find the house you love, you go through it, you walk through the house, you fall in love with it. Now, by the way, I'm going to stop right there. Our little process that we're describing is the right way to do it. But many people go online, find a house, go look at it then call us. Mm -hmm. What's the pitfall of that one? Well, the biggest thing is you might not be able to afford the house you just looked at and mm -hmm. now you are in love with it and we have to tell you no and nobody wants to hear that after mm -hmm. you've found something that you just love. So um, knowing what you can afford and what you're comfortable with, which by the way are sometimes two different things. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
what you can qualify for and what you're comfortable paying are sometimes very far apart. Like you might qualify for $2 million, but you're like, I don't want my payment that high. Yep. The comfort level. Exactly. <laughs> Qualifying in comfort level, right? Yes. So all those things, you have to know where you stand before you fall in love with that house. And the thing about that is I've been, I've asked multiple times when people will say, I do that calculator on the site, but it's never quite right. Now the calculator is a true amortization calculator, but does it include mortgage insurance? Is there other rates no. accurate? What about an HOA? Mm -hmm. um, what property taxes, property taxes, and how they're calculated in, in different variations to know those things. So it's probably an okay guess ish ish. You'll be within a thousand bucks maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that makes a big difference to people. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and also once you fall in love with the house, you're like all of a sudden in a hurry because you don't want yeah. anybody else to yep. get it. But if you're already uh, credit approved, pre-qualified, pre-approved, whatever mm -hmm. state you're in, then you're just already that much ahead of the game yep made a point uh, also previously where if your credit approved and you're fighting for that house and that's what happens with really good houses is that we can close in a much shorter time yes because we we've do, already done half the process we've already done it it's already been through underwriting you just mm -hmm. get the appraisal and title sort of back, turn it back in and close it's a very short time mm -hmm. and like i said before you can compete with cash buyers in that kind of time frame yep negotiation let's talk about that now again we don't do this part Right. But, right. but you've been, you've bought a house yeah. more than once. Mm -hmm. How does, so let's, let's coach someone from our point of view as just maybe having I mean, we bought houses ourselves, but also hearing and seeing the process of negotiation. So you have this house, it's the best house, best price. It just popped up on uh, an internet site. And, and uh, should you sit and think about it for three or four days? No. What should you do about this? You should get an offer in as soon as you can, if you love it, because somebody else will love it too. And then it will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I just was told yesterday about someone who's like, they just don't make their decisions fast. They're very methodical. They think through it. That's a big decision that I want to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. What's your advice to that person? Well, I think if you're already, you know, credit approved, you know what the payment's going to be at this price. You're already prepared so that when you do find the house, you're ready for it. You and you're not, you know, scrambling to answer all the questions you're not sure about. I sure think so. Uh, I, I mm -hmm. That credit approval seems to come back to be the better way to go, even for someone who has to think through the process. Yeah. And I mean, then maybe you think about it for a little bit, but I found when you walk through a house, you either know or you're like, nah. Now describe that. You mean it can be that quick? Sometimes. I think you you walk through a house and you can either picture yourself living there or owning it if you're, you know, if it's a rental property, or you can't. You can say, Oh, I can, you know, see my kids playing in the backyard and the amount of bedrooms is perfect for us. Or, you know, there's this and there's this and now oh, I'm not sure about mm -hmm. that part. And so, I mean, I don't think always you're like, yes, this is the perfect house for us. But I think a lot of the time you're like, yeah, this is right. I 100% agree. Uh, it's interesting for me. I'm going to tell my own. So I've never, I've only built my houses. I've never bought a house until the last couple of years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I thought, I've heard people say it just felt right when I walked in and I thought, because my my job is very mathematical, very financial, very logical. And I've learned in my job that there's this other element that's the emotional piece. Mm -hmm. That it feels right. It's got to feel right. And, then, and I'm yeah. like, I believe that completely. I hear that. 
but I also have had this slight bit of doubt because I have this logical brain, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife and I were actually at a point in line where we talked about buying a vacation home. And the story for us, just to back up what you said was, we entertained the idea of, hey, let's buy a vacation home. And so we started considering it and looking online. And I, it was 11 o'clock at night, I'm in bed, my wife's brushing her teeth, and I'm just scanning through the houses. <clears throat> and I go, my wife's Jen. Jen, uh-huh, she's with her toothbrush <laughs> in her mouth. Uh, I said, um, I just found it. And she's like, found what? And I said, the house. And she's like, you did? And I go, yeah. And I said, come here. And so she spit her toothpaste and came into the bedroom and I showed her my phone. And she goes, that's it, huh? And I go, uh-huh. Yep. So we went and saw it and it was like, man, this is it. And I and like I even felt it with the vacation home, like in a primary residence. Yeah. And that was uh, 2020. So we're in 2023. It's almost been three years now. I've and, and it's the best thing we've ever done. You know, this feeling, and I'm so happy we did it, kind of a thing, right? So yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, that, and that's a big piece in this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So nego and, and the part about negotiation is if you fall in love like that, sometimes you give up your tactics. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> My dad always tells me not to fall in love with any properties because then the emotional side takes over. <laughs> but what I said, just so you know, on the other side of that is I said, this is it. And yep, it is. And agreed upon. And, and, and it was, I said, and it was a tough, you know, as the market was starting to heat up in 2020 and I said, full price offer, I don't want to miss out. Mm -hmm. And we gave a full price offer and they accepted it. Right. I said, I'm not even negotiating. I'm done because I don't want to deal with it. Because to me, I'm like, well, so let's say we get 10,000 10, or even 20 or $30,000 less, which I don't think we would have in that market. Mm -hmm. Let's say we did. Well, in the last three years, what has that value done? That 20,000 is more like <laughs> 200 and 300,000. Yeah. So that's one of the things that's like stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Mm -hmm. Don't step over dollars to pick up pennies. Don't let that stuff. So I do believe also that negotiation is a conversation piece. All right. For sure. That, that piece, again, we're not holding people's hands through, but they do show us the houses and we talk. Also, about one thing I want to ask you really quick. Mm -hmm. What is the difference in $10,000 of a purchase price? Depends on no, this question. So I'm getting my calculator. Obviously, depends on, you know, the rate. And okay. I was going to get you actually, but it, <laughs> it's, it's ranged between about $45 and $65. Yeah, so not a huge difference yeah. for $10,000. For $10,000. So, yeah, I always tell people don't, you know, cry over the little numbers because it's not that big of a difference. Yeah, $5,000 is a lot if you're buying a shirt. Oh, yeah. If you're going to the grocery store. Yeah. Right? It's not if you're buying a house. Mm -mm. And so people have to change their mindset of it's $5,000. I'm like, yeah, but you're not buying a shirt or a yeah. loaf of bread. You're buying a property that's appreciable. Mm -hmm. That's gaining in percentages of 5, 10, 15, 20% kind of growth. Yep. Great point. Great point. Okay. That was kind of a fun segue, or, you know, not segue, but a little <laughs> over tangent over here of negotiation. Then your realtor. Um, and by the way, let's talk about for sale by owner. So if you have a house that your mom or dad and uncle are going to sell to you, you don't need a realtor. No. You could get one if you wanted to, to kind of have a... If, you, if you have no knowledge of it whatsoever, then it's probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. But but if you like, I know this neighbor and stuff like that, you can, you can still write your own contract. Yeah. So that can be worked out that way. But then you're under contract. We call that. Mm -hmm. And we also use the word repsy. What's a repsy? Real estate purchase contract. Yep. Where does it come from? Where does what come from? The real estate purchase contract. From your realtor? 
<laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> All right. Leading question. Google it. <laughs> where does that, where do you get a rep C? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Oh, online. Yeah. Utah.gov. Yeah. Utah.gov. So what I'm, the point I was making with that, and <laughs> by the way, Daniel, my apology for the question, <laughs> is that the, the, the real estate purchase contract is the same contract that every realtor uses. It's a state of Utah approved document. Yes. And you can go get it yourself on utah.gov under real estate. Mm -hmm. It's there. So this is not, it, and, and by the way, it lends to, uh, it, it goes towards the buyer. It gives more of exits. You can, there's boxes to mark that say, um, here's my offer. Here's my earnest money. And then you have so much time to get to loan approved. So much time to get an appraised value. So much time to get a home inspection mm -hmm. to make sure all these steps and you have so much time to get them done. And you can walk away from any of those things. So people say, man, if I go under contract, but what if this happens? Well, they've got all the what ifs to protect you that you can, you know, walk if you need to walk. Yeah. So that's very important. Now I will also say if you actually buy a new construction with a big builder, they don't use the rep seat. They don't use the real estate purchase contract. No, they have their own contracts. Why do they have their own contracts? To protect their interests. Yeah, it's flipped. Yeah. It's flipped. That contract will protect the builder mm -hmm. rather than you. And it's a lot of fine print. I would highly recommend that you get an attorney or someone who knows what we're talking about. I'd probably get an attorney just to review it. And I'm not saying they're dishonest by any means. No, they're just doing the best business for them. That's right. So that's right. You got to watch out for yourself. In fact, right now, many, and in fact, most that I've seen have a clause in there that says they can change the contract anytime they want. That's not usually a contract, by the way. Right. If a builder has all full of all these pages and then one says, and the seller or the contractor or the builder has the right to change the contract at any time, they just have to give you 10 days notice. And I've have seven clients in that particular situation where I go, as long as you're aware, you have a, you have a price that you've signed on, you've got mm -hmm. some, some earnest money that's there. They could change that sales price. They could change their deadlines. Of course they could change. Are you okay with that? And if they're like, yeah, I'm okay with it. I really love this house. It's location. I realize it's a volatile market. Okay, great. Yep. So being under contract with the real estate purchase contract from City Utah is truly under contract with uh, a different kind of contract. You might want to read it and make sure because it's not necessarily the same case. Should we talk about appraisal? Yeah. Go for it. Teach us. Appraisal. What is an appraisal? Appraisal is a third party person who is certified by the state of Utah who goes out and inspects the property and then tells you compared to all the other homes that have sold, how much the house is worth. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to, to know that the price you're paying is a fair price. Mm -hmm. Or if it comes in lower, then you have to negotiate lower. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's the, the value of the home. And also it tells you if there are any um, important repairs that have to be done. Mm -hmm. and, and there'll be different repairs depending on what kind of loan you're getting too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. If you're doing a government loan, then usually they're a lot more strict and they don't allow peeling paint or depending, depending. Yeah. Depending on lots of different things, but yeah, any major repairs will be noticed and mentioned so that you can negotiate through those too. And the front page will actually go in great detail about the property itself. And that's a show of the lot size. It'll talk about if it's conforming or non-conforming, you'll talk about the materials that were used uh, mm -hmm. on top of the comparable cells. It's, oh, it's 25 to 30 pages long. Yeah, they're really long. And as soon as we get it, 
It goes through a quick quality control and then we send it out to the borrower mm -hmm. to you. So the person can read it themselves and see it for themselves. Yep. So love the, love that appraisal. It's almost, it's almost required on every purchase transaction. There are times when it's a big enough down payment or if it's a refinance and there's big enough equity, if the loan's been done recently that they will do what's called an appraisal waiver. An appraisal waiver is simply that you say, we feel comfortable with that value compared to the market based on the algorithm we're using. Mm -hmm. And you sign a form saying, I'm okay without an appraisal. Yep. Title report. Go down that. What's a title report? Title. Don't you have a whole podcast about title? Well, yeah. Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike from Atlas Title came and did a title report. You're right. Yeah. Give us, so, the, give us the quick, quick down and dirty. On the it. title, they search through, um, all of the records and make sure that there's no liens against the property that you would ultimately end up being responsible for. And um, yeah, just make sure that it's free and clear and that there's nothing attached to it that will come back to bite you later. At the end of the day, everybody, appraisal, mortgage person, realtor, insurance, everything relies on that title mm -hmm. being transferred accurately, correctly and insured. It's actually the most important final step, really. Yeah. And we all prepare for that one sign a paper and it's moved over. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm just going to throw out that we have to do a flood certificate. If the home's in a flood zone, we run fraud. We call it fraud in case there's anything out there, uh, different properties, different stuff. Again, this is, you know, do we go this detailed? I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of process on the back end that goes on. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Um, sometimes when you run fraud, you this happened once find out that the person's using someone else's social security number. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> that's a big red flag and everything comes to a screeching halt. And they just basically make sure that there's no, you know, money laundering mm -hmm. going on or well, let's, stealing let's, of any sort. <laughs> let's go there for just a second because that can be intentional and non-intentional. Yeah. It's so important as, as if we're, if we're the, mortgage attorneys in this, in this situation, tell us everything. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to, if, by the way, and if you're trying to cover something up or not tell us anything, 99.9% of the time, we'll find we'll out. We'll find it. We'll find it. <laughs> Our systems are pretty elaborate. There's been enough years with, with the systems in place that between all of the things we do, we, we find, Hey, you said this, but this, so if someone's trying to lie to us, we find it. Mm -hmm. And that has happened with, you know, some, Social screen numbers or something. Very few liars, by the way, we've experienced. Very few. But that did happen one time where we're like, um, mm -hmm. what's up with this? Oh, yeah, that actually is someone else's number I've been mm -hmm. using. And yeah. we're like, uh, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> but on the non-intentional side of things, one loan like USDA, you can't make more than a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's as funny, you know, so you have to make as much money to qualify, but on USDA, you can't make more than a certain amount of money per county. Yeah. And in this case, we had the question, is there anyone else in your house that's work that's been working? Mm -hmm. The answer is no. And then we found out that actually the wife oh, had worked. Actually, yes. <laughs> my wife had worked, you know, last year, but not right now. Mm -hmm. And oh, my daughter is working. Yeah. Those things matter. They do. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like, oh, I didn't think that mattered. And maybe we should have asked the question differently. It's just yeah. tell us everything and anything. Just open book and talk to us. And yes. then we'll be able to decipher. All right. How are we doing so far? Are we we missed anything? I think we've hit most of the we're rounding, we're rounding important the milestones. Yeah, we're running the corner. So so we we get all this paperwork back in and we send it back in a second time to the underwriter. Now mm -hmm. that we the first part is credit approval on the borrower, the second part is for the property itself. Mm -hmm. 
And usually credit approval has some sort of an update this or check that. So there's usually probably an update we have to do mm -hmm. because a file really is, is approved kind of for 30 days. People ask us and I say, well, it can go for 90 days. Depends on credit report, but they usually want to see an updated pay stub. Yeah. If it's been sitting for more than a month, they usually want at mm -hmm. least an updated pay stub. So if you said, hey, sorry, I was sick. I didn't go to work and you didn't get paid. That'll affect your approval. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then we start, turn it back into underwriting for the final approval, mm -hmm. right? That's another 24 to 48 hours. It comes back. We have this approval almost always with the conditions because, again, there's closing conditions. There's always something. But as far as any conditions that, well, let me back up. You actually get an approval or a suspense or a decline, mm -hmm. right? So decline is almost like you're out of luck. Yep. But we should have found that out a long time ago, right at the very beginning, right? Yeah. Suspense is, ooh, this one is something you got to fix. You need to work on the debt ratio changed because the HOA was higher than we had guesstimated it would be. Mm -hmm. You know, we hadn't had a property yet. We thought the HOA would be two hundred dollars. It came back at four fifty. Okay, yeah. what does that mean? We need to pay off a credit card now. We need to refinance the car loan. Mm -hmm. Things like that, right? But that we try and be way ahead of that. Way way ahead. Definitely. Of that, right? Okay, so we get an approval from the underwriter. What's next? Um, issue the CD. Tell me about that. So the CD is the closing disclosure, which you are required to sign three days before closing. Business days. Business days. So that you can make sure that this is exactly what you want to do. You have three days to cancel if you want. So you're not rushing into mm -hmm. this decision. And then once the three days have passed, then you can go to closing. And people will say something to the effect of, you know, hey, I need to close sooner than that. Sorry, it's a law. It's a law. We have to follow. It's under the consumer protection laws. Mm -hmm. And consumer protection is, this is, again, too big of a deal. In the past, there's been mortgage professionals who have pushed or tried to make the numbers, you know, make more money. Again, we don't do that. It's actually hard to do anymore. Uh, yeah. You can't do it necessarily. You go to, then after the three days, you schedule the time at the title company. So the title company sends us a, a report at the beginning, but they actually do nothing until we show up to closing mm -hmm. and I'm done. Like yesterday I went to a closing and I didn't do anything. I just sat there and just kind of was support and the title officer presents the documentation, the final loan papers. It's a stack. It's a pretty big stack. It's a stack. Sign probably like 30 pages yeah. or more. Yeah. There's probably like 60 pages in it. You sign mm -hmm. 30 of them, but the closing was about 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you can make it longer if you want to, but mm -hmm. we send out the closing disclosure three days prior to, you've already seen the numbers. You Everything should, nothing should ever be a surprise. No, nope. Once, yeah, once you've seen that closing disclosure, nothing can change. Mm -hmm. Tell, you know, nothing can change. Just when you go sign all the documents, that's it. Yep. It should be exactly the same. Yep. So that's signed. That package is then emailed back to a closing department. So there's a whole operation side, and that's what Jackie Bags, who is our regional operations manager, is going to come talk to us about. So that then goes back to our guild office in Salt Lake. And what they're checking is, did every page get signed? Uh -huh. Is everything, is it notarized? Dated. Is it dated? Yeah. Is everything that, you know, all the T's cross, I's dot. This is not a process of, uh, we're close. And is the name exactly how it should be? Mm -hmm. Did they forget to write their middle name, sign their middle name on any of the mm -hmm. lines? Because we've had to do that before mm -hmm. where someone has to go back and add their middle name because yep. that's how it's supposed to be. So you want to, again, this is back to experience. You know, mm -hmm. we, Otherwise, you're coming back and signing something or need to drop this off or sorry, missed a page. And again, we work with people who don't. I mean, that's just rare. 
Yeah. But if they're new, sometimes you have that risk. Sometimes. He sends it back. They approve it. And they, what they approve is then they approve the wire. Mm-hmm. Closing department then sends the wire for the amount of the mortgage loan. And whatever numbers are plus or minus, depending on earth's monies, depending on stuff like that, to the penny. Mm-hmm. To the penny. That money goes to the title company. And then it gets dispersed. Yep. And that gets dispersed, by the way, back to Guild, their mm-hmm. fees. Back, obviously, it remains to the seller. The title company keeps their money. Maybe a check goes to the insurance company. The so realtors. The realtors commission checks. Mm-hmm. Yep, all that. So, so they disperse the money to the different parties involved. And then they also record the warranty deed. Mm-hmm. So again, another conversation that we've had was the difference between a, a warranty deed and a deed of trust. Warranty deed transfers ownership. A deed of trust uh, puts a lien on the property. Mm-hmm. So you sign the deed of trust with us, but it's the warranty deed or special warranty deed or a quick lien deed that transfers ownership. Yep. And again, and then we're done. What else? Anything else? Then you get your presents at the end. We have, we have, <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Yeah. That's you, the fun part. Yeah. We have a present waiting for you. In fact, yesterday that was fun as I went to the closing. I had my closing gift, which is, I always tell people we have, we have three or four or five things in a wrapped gift. And then we always throw an Amazon card in there. And yeah. I always say, well, here's what we bought for you. But in case we didn't do the job you were hoping for, here's your Amazon card to, to go get what go, you want. Go get what you really want. You know, kind yeah. of thing. And along the way, we like to give, you know, milestone gifts as well. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. And again, what they said was, this was so fun to get those gifts. It, it would be on their front porch. Yeah. And then come to closing those kind of things. But that's it. And then, of course, if it's, it's a purchase transaction, that's where the realtor coordinates. Here's your keys. Mm-hmm. Here's your garage door opener coordination of when the seller's out and you can move in happens, but they, they always ask the question, let me know when it's recorded. Once it's recorded, when it's official. I mean, official. One of the phrases I've heard from people is I've sold my house and I go, awesome. When did you do that? Well, it's not until like next month. I'm like, you haven't sold your house. <laughs> yeah. You're selling your house. <laughs> yeah. You got your house under contract. That's great. You got contingencies, you got timeframes, you got appraisals. Mm-hmm. There's steps to take. Again, most of this stuff happens without people knowing. Yeah. So, so you had a, f- a friend ask this question and if, how do we do, was this too detailed? Was this, how, how do we do? Did we... I think this is great. I mean, maybe a little bit more detailed than the average person is, yeah, sure. you know, looking for but this is the process and there's mm-hmm. a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah. It's not just, Hey, here's a pay stub. Give me my loan. That's right. <laughs> well, I, I, this is way at the beginning of my career. I remember, uh, went to a seminar and the seminar was don't tell a client or a realtor that you can get the transaction done in a certain period of time if you can't. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse than saying, I'll be done in a week and it's done three weeks later. Even if it was still good, you told them a week. Yeah. And then he made a point. He said, okay, let's see how many people it takes to get one transaction done. And he started with the receptionist. He went to the loan officer, went to the processor, went to the transaction coordinator, went to the closer, went to the insurance agent, appraiser. Okay. There's a lot of Realtor work. Realtor <laughs> involved. And there were 39 people lined up in the front of the room. Yeah. 39 different people. I always talk about this is like a will with an old fashioned will with spokes. Mm-hmm. We're the hub. We're the ones that go get it and bring it together. We put it together. We're the hub and there's all the other spokes. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure the spokes fit into the hub of the wheel, create the wheel, then it can move forward. Yeah. And that's the process. And how long does this whole process take? I'm going to put it back to you. I don't know, Danielle. How long does it take? I always say 30 days. Yeah. 
because that's the average. Mm -hmm. I mean, from the very beginning to closing, we usually need at least 30 days. Can we get it done sooner? Usually. Mm -hmm. um, can it take longer? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. But 30 days is the average. I agree. So, but back to what you mentioned before on a credit approval, if, if you got a credit approval and it's a clean approval, meaning that there's no real follow-up conditions and you say, well, let's get the appraisal and title. Can we be done in two weeks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can. Yep, so, Cause so you're halfway done. You're halfway done. So mm -hmm. really that question should be asked, how much longer do you need past the credit approval? Mm -hmm. And if I could get that understood by the realtor community or people, cause people, you know, we're emotional. We see that house and we act, you mm -hmm. know? But if you can just be a little more preparatory, a little more preparation, come in and chat about it, run the numbers, see what you're doing, then let your emotions go get something. Yeah. You'll save a whole lot of time. And stress. And stress. On the flip side, you know, we have a, a transaction that we've been working on for over a year because mm -hmm. we help people fix their credit. Yep. Now, we don't actually do it. We have a company that does that, but we coach them and say, hey, let's do this or hey, pay down your credit cards or we need to wait because you had a mortgage late or some of the things. Uh -huh. So, you know, it depends on what you're looking at. But if you're saying, hey, make application, I've kind of prepared accordingly. Yeah. 30 days or so. Yeah. What's your uh, final advice on the process or, or overview? Give us the overview. The overview. Application. Pre-approval. Credit approval. Find your property. Get your appraisal. Close your loan. <laughs> that a good pretty good pretty good fun, summary fun get your keys yep with 39 people in between running around doing their jobs yep that you probably won't even know about most <laughs> of the time <laughs> if we do our job that would be true yeah yep okay well there you go there's the process of getting a mortgage hope we've answered the questions thanks for I actually give danielle the credit she's the one that says we well, need to do a podcast on the process <laughs> so thanks for joining danielle thank you this is dollars and sensibility and i'm tom stone Thank you for listening and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 435-654-9979 or goapplastom.com.